Hello, and welcome to Only Lovers Book Club, where I get together with my two best friends in the whole wide world, and we read a romance book, and then we talk about it, uh, except uh, it's my book club, uh, I get to break the rules, and so we're not technically reading a romance this month, we're reading something that has to do with love, something that has to do with radical self-love, and that something is The Body Is Not an Apology by Sonia Renee Taylor. It's 2022. And I kind of wanted to start the year off. I have always wanted to read something that's nonfiction, but I could never decide what it was. And it was always going to be something like, I think candidates were come as you are, or a, a very close, close second to this one was going to be pleasure activism. But I kind of wanted to even, I wanted to like a strip it back even further. Like I, like I wanted to just like, hey, we all have a body that we can talk about, like regardless of sex or not, right? Like just a body, start from there. And so that, that was my reasoning for kind of like picking this book. So let me read uh, what the book is about. We'll see a little bit about the author. Uh, I'm just gonna read off the back here and then we're just gonna get into it, <laughs> okay? Uh, so The Body is Not an Apology by Sonia Renee Taylor. Uh, a global movement guided by love. Humans are a varied and divergent bunch with all manner of beliefs, morals, and bodies. Systems of oppression thrive on our inability to make peace with difference and injure the relationship we have with our own bodies. This New York Times bestseller offers radical self-love as the balm to heal the wounds inflicted by these violent systems. The world-renowned activist and poet Sonia Renee Taylor invites us to reconnect with the radical origins of our minds and bodies and celebrate our collective enduring strength. So I have the second edition, so this one's going to kind of talk about it a little bit. It says, this second edition includes stories from Taylor's travels around the world combating body terrorism and shines a light on the path towards liberation guided by love. With new anecdotes and a brand new final chapter, this book offers specific tools, actions, and resources for confronting some of our most challenging systems of oppression, such as transphobia, racism, and more. Together with the accompanying Your Body Is Not An Apology workbook, uh, Taylor <laughs> brings, uh, practice, uh, brings the practice of radical self-love to life. And as like a, as like a Three Kings gift, to the girls I also got us like I got all of us the workbook so that we could do it I haven't started it but you know the plans are to do a, a few pages of it um I'm gonna read just a little a little bit down here the I'll put in the description like the website and the full bio it's like a full page bio so I'm just gonna just do a quick little shout out here uh Sonia Renee Taylor is the founder and radical executive officer of thebodyisnotanapology.com. She has been featured on HBO, BET, MTV, NPR, PBS, and CNN, and in the New York Times, New York Magazine, USA Today, Huffington Post, Vogue, Australia, and many more. Uh, you could see her button poetry uh, on the Button Poetry's YouTube channel. And uh, welcome, I mean, I just invite you to go to her website and and check it all out there's even like a playlist for the bodies on an apology uh, and i sent that to the chat um over on on our group chat separate from here but yeah so uh <laughs> enough about enough of me talking <laughs> well where i want to start really is like what did you guys what did you guys think of the book and what were your overall impressions of i guess the way that radical self-love was presented as a concept to you in the book so i can go first um i am not a self-help book type person um and i also read way more fiction than i do non-fiction so i was a little nervous <laughs> about chris's idea to do um, a nonfiction book for only lovers. Um, but I definitely started getting way more excited when I saw the cover, just because I really think that it, 
it just I knew exactly what I was getting into once I saw the cover. I was like, okay, this is gonna be about just embracing exactly who you are as you are. Um, and I think that's that's what it delivered. I think um, it was it was what I expected it to be. I um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I I don't know what to say. It was like it it didn't surprise me in that sense. Like I did it it, it did exactly what I thought it was gonna do. I think that the author did a good job of keeping it very simple so that it was like pretty accessible um what she was saying um i did think it got like a little bit repetitive um but i kind of think that of every book that's centered around like one thing you know they're going to be drilling it into you like every single chapter there's just no way around that um i like that it had the questions structured into it um, that invite you to kind of reflect as you go along. Um, because, I mean, even though there is a separate workbook, obviously most people are just picking up the book, not necessarily having the workbook. And so um, that made it a little more interactive. Um, I liked all the stories, like all the personal stories and then the stories that people have shared with her. Like, like I think she did a lot to make it engaging and not like just your average, like, I'm just going to info dump on you. Um, I think it's hard because I don't think that I necessarily like learned anything new. I think it was more just like reminders to myself <laughs> of like all of the things that I shouldn't be doing or that I should be doing. You know what I mean? Like it, like it was kind of like that. I, I, it felt like I was sitting down and talking with my therapist where it's like, she's not telling me anything I don't already know. And it like, it's just me kind of sitting there like, yep, yep, I definitely should be doing that. No, I should stop doing that other thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's kind of how I felt reading through it. So it was, it was an interesting experience. I definitely wouldn't have picked it up if you hadn't picked it. Um, so yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm glad I read it. Um, I I do think it's better than other self help books I've attempted in the past. <laughs> so, yeah, and I and I do think it fits with like our. I guess we don't really have a mission, but like with our goal to read, like it, it definitely is a book about romancing yourself, like not just loving yourself. Um, so I do think it very much fits in with the book club. It's my turn. Oh, I wasn't sure. I thought you were saying like, stop, don't talk. <laughs> I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. Um, <clears throat> you said a lot of the stuff that I was feeling when I was reading this, Andrea. So I think we're we're on the similar page um, in that... <clears throat> I, I did like, as a whole, I like the book. Um, the central message, obviously, it's great. Uh, the use of anecdotes is really, is really good because it kind of turns experience into, into just concrete pictures. So it's one thing to say, oh, I felt like people feel harassed when this kind of thing happens. But to bring examples, to give you actual visuals of microaggressions and macroaggressions and the different ways that bodies are like assaulted on a regular basis like that was all very useful um I agree I do think the book was a bit long and a bit repeti repetitive at times um I chalked it up to this being like an intro into body acceptance body love you know radical self-love understanding of bodies so um you know i have been part of a lot of these bias trainings i've you know been in therapy for a bit uh, i think through different readings that we do the stuff that we find interesting articles podcasts that we listen to like all of us tend to have a good breadth of knowledge when it comes to these kinds of topics um but it was good to have this additional perspective. 
it got a little I feel like it veered off a little bit when it went into like economics. I felt like the economics of body politics is a different conversation because because it's one thing to say you know you need to love yourself radically in order to break down these systems but then start talking about this like it it was a little distracting to me when it got down into this like conversation about economics reflecting on like where my money is going is my money good for me or not good for me like that to me has nothing to do with my body experience because I spend money for a bunch of different reasons. And so once that came in, then I kind of got irritated because I don't appreciate people telling me what to do with my money. Right. Like I, I try to be as responsible as I can be with the money that I do make, keeping in mind, like my debt money, I'm trying to save for emergencies, but also just, because it was so far removed in my mind from the body discussion, when I was reading those chapters, I'm like, okay, why isn't this book free then? Because now you are existing within this economic structure that you're saying we need to break apart. And like, I get you need to pay your bills, but we all need to pay our bills. So then I start, then I start delving into like money and, and, and uh, economy, like all that stuff is so fucked that I don't want to also have to worry about that when I'm having to worry about all the stuff that I don't like about myself. So that, so when I was going through those chapters, I was like, I don't like these chapters. This is a different conversation. Like there's only so much, like I, someone, I was watching some video online and it was like, there's no way to consume ethically when you live underneath like this corporate umbrella. So even when you're trying to be ethical with your, with your existence, the structure we live under makes it like near impossible. So I'm like, there's too many big conversations happening. No, in this chapter. I, I literally had not thought about that, <laughs> but that's hilarious. Cause you're right. The book says like, Oh, like you feel bad about your face. So then you go buy all the skincare to like fix the problem. But, <laughs> but you're right. Cause then the book is like, Oh, I feel bad about my body. Let me buy this book. Yeah, yeah, it's it's exactly, and it's like the, the quote Chris put put in the chat. There is no ethical consumption yeah. underneath capitalism. Like there, we literally exist within this system, mm -hmm. and the power to undo it is beyond me. Like I do the best I can. I do mm -hmm. the, to the best of my ability. But these are the things that if I start thinking about them too much, then I get locked into just anxious spirals. And then I just end up feeling terrible about myself. And like, I'm the opposite of Andrea. I am in my self-help chapter of my life. Like, I've, I've got come as you are. I've got one about like human behaviors. I've got burnout, which I haven't read yet, but which is about like women and the weight that we carry while like mm. existing. So, so I'm like, I've, I've bought a couple of these books and then had to step back and be like, oh my God, these are like self-help books. Like I yeah, thought and, I was just buying. <laughs> dude. Yeah. And it's funny too, because um, <laughs> like, I didn't think of this as a self-help book. I was just like, oh, it's like nonfiction. Got it. You know, and no, no shade. It's just like, I, I didn't realize it. I think until like later where I was like, oh, like I'm, this is a book for like, yeah, and, and I didn't mean it in like a bad way at all. I think it's I, great people who, you know, yeah. um, find themselves empowered mm -hmm. by um, self-help books. I think. <laughs> but the self-help face shit, like that took me out to shy. That took yeah, me like, I, like that's the chapter of my life I'm in. And it's not even like, it's not, I don't look at, <clears throat> I don't look at the body is not an apology. I don't look at burnout. I don't look at um, come as you are. And I'm like, this is going to fix me. I, I think, oh, other people are just as fucked up in these like really specific ways too. So this makes me feel better. I don't think any of this is necessarily gonna help me at all, but I think there is solace in knowing enough people have had this intrusive thought to where a book exists because of it. 
Yeah. And so I think that's why there is value. Like, even though I didn't get as much as I possibly could have gotten out of the body's not an apology, the solace of knowing, like the comfort of knowing that this mindset exists helps. And even talking to like the lady at the liquor store who I talked to the book about, and she was talking about, yeah, I've been trying to work through some of those themes, like through cognitive behavioral therapy and like working with my therapist. And I'm like, yeah, they discussed this in the book. Like this might be helpful for you if you're, if you, what you're trying to do is like actively write out and trying to kind of reframe your thinking, like yeah. this would probably be useful to you. So it does have a workbook. It does have questions that you when you're trying to deal with your own shit aren't gonna be thinking about yeah because you're not gonna be good to yourself no one is ever good to themselves as all good as the they time should be. right all the time or as good as they or, should be so, honestly some people some people just don't know how so or like where to start and i think that speaks to what you had said where it's like this really feels like an introduction to like how to start your journey to like, you know, some people might not even be in like a point in their lives where they can like say, I do have self-esteem and I do have self-love, let alone rat like love myself radically, or at least in the way that this book is trying to tell us. But economically, I agree. I also was like, what are we talking about here? But I do understand maybe like, yes, um, living under capitalism and having to kind of like thrive in capitalism in a certain way um, or by certain means by like selling, if having an idea, selling books because of that idea, giving workshops, being invited to places and getting paid for it, for that labor. But also, I also think that there, I, what I took from it is really the difference between um, moving beyond what we consider now self-care, which is like treat yourself. Because I don't, I didn't necessarily buy this book to treat myself because I felt bad and so I bought something to kind of like fill the hole that <laughs> that you know that I felt a need do you know what I mean I I definitely yeah. I picked it up because I, I wanted to learn more however there are people who are like I feel bad let me go get a manicure I feel bad let me buy all this makeup to feel good and I think that maybe we're not like all of us maybe are not there. Although I have been guilty of doing the exact same thing. I'm like, I feel like shit. I'm going to buy a bunch of Nintendo games now. Fuck it, you know? <laughs> um, but I do think that some people don't know how to not do that. And it again, it's just kind of like a, hey, you know, like you might be doing this. You might be, you might be conflating one thing with the other. And it's actually more detrimental to you because you not having enough money causes worry causes this in your body causes you know you not to have enough money to have all things to take care of your body so to actually take care of your body so that's what I took from the like economics part of it just to kind of like jump into what you were saying a little bit yeah I think I think too it was more so trying to focus not on like when you go and buy Nintendo games but specifically when we buy things um to make our bodies better. So, so you know what I mean? It's like you, all you have to do for your body is like feed it and let it sleep and like water it. You know what I mean? You don't have to go and buy a $200 skincare line. So I think, I think that's what she was trying to get to. But anyway, um, I do think uh, also, cause I, I know you both said it was like a really good intro I think, no, I mean, I say this as like, I just placed a Monet order today. So um, it is, I'm constantly trying to make my face. um, I'm not, I'm not self uh, radical, self loving (laughs) my face. But um, no, I think this book also gives a lot of useful vocabulary for explaining things to other people. So like, for example, I... Like I said, I don't know that I necessarily like learned a lot from this book because a lot of it are things that I had heard in some way or another from different sources. But for example, if I was ever going, which I will never do, but if I was ever going to have a conversation on like body shame with like family members, for example, um, which again, won't happen, but this book would give me the tools to do that. Whereas before, if I had 
thought about like how to try to explain to someone like body shame and like where it comes from and like how rooted it is in childhood and stuff like that. Like, <coughs> actually, I have. <coughs> Sip your wine. No, yo llevo tosiendo desde que tuve COVID. No take your, take your time. Don't worry. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> no se me ha ido la tos desde que me enfermé. No, you might have. Like a long COVID thing. Yeah, or, I was going to say. You, or if it's just because my house is full of packing boxes and, you know, asthma. I don't know. Girl, every woman you know, I know who has gotten COVID has had a much longer experience dealing with symptoms than any dude I know who's gotten COVID. So that's like another fun fact. Yeah. But anyway, um, like when I used to foster, um, you know, a lot of people gave me shit about certain things regarding like how I was parenting my teens, like idea of a body in terms of like what they wore or like what they looked like or things like that. And I think having read this book I could now give a much better explanation for my choices and what I was trying to avoid instilling in them <laughs> aka body shame <laughs> like oh I'm doing this because I want to avoid them feeling like this later in life like I don't think I I didn't know how to explain that to people back then um whereas now like I would have the tools to do so what who are you talking to? Oh, I see. <laughs> oh Lord. Um, but yeah, I think I think the book provides a good way for like if you want to talk to someone in your life about one of these topics, I think this book does a really good job of kind of modeling that what that dialogue could look like for you. So I think it's not just good in terms of like your own self-learning, but if you're looking for how to start those conversations with people, um, this would be a good book too. Uh, I think it's really interesting how we're kind of taught. I, I'm not saying that this is like the vibe of th that is happening, but I feel like I think all of us have are really thoughtful people are really in tune with like, you know, we're, I think we're just older now and we just know better now. A lot of the things that you know, the book is presenting to us is like, oh, shit, of course, you know, I think we're all really invested in, um, if not always, always feeling great about ourselves, having the people. Oh, no, I don't, us. I don't apply any of this to myself, but I know it. I just don't do it. So that, that's what I'm, that's what I'm kind of like leading into where it's like, we're really invested in like making, like having other, like knowing these things and like applying it to other people. Yes. And so yes, we radically self-love other people, others, other people. And so and each other. Yes. And each other. So I guess what I want to know, right. Is like, I want to kind of put it back into like, put it back in. I don't want to say like, Oh, we read this. And like, we, now we know how to talk to other people about self-love. I kind of want to <laughs> kind of know, like, did you have any, aside from, I don't so sound like my therapist, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, but like, how can you do let's that? Let's bring how it back. You... Let's bring it back to us, right? <laughs> oh my God, I've definitely had that conversation, that like, that segue happen into, I'm like, oh, we have to talk about me now. But yeah, I kind of, I kind of do. I'm, I'm curious and I can kind of go first, you know, like, I guess what I want to know is what are some takeaways that, what are some positive takeaways that you can take? What are some positive ideas that you feel like you can apply to yourself but that you can practically actually apply to yourself after reading this um what are the things that you feel like you still need to work on you know as part of your radical self-love journey if you are at that point um one of the things that I and I, I'm just gonna start to you guys can think about what you want to say or whatever I didn't really give a lot of thought to it because like I did kind of just want to you know, just kind of say it. Also, this is my second cup of wine. So um, maybe I Oh my God, over. wait, before you go. So I'm like, how much alcohol is in this can? And I'm looking and I'm looking and I can't find it. And I Googled it and it said each can is an equivalent to half a bottle. And I looked and it sells 12.9 alcohol by volume. 
I'm halfway through this can. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm feeling it like in my jaw a little bit. It but, tastes you know, good. But I'm like, well, are Andrea over here with her alcohol removed wine. But you're I'm, in spirit. I'm just like, remember spirits. the fucking water horse beers that were like 12% alcohol by volume and like two of those bottles. Okay, go on. I just wanted you to know. <laughs> I'm already feeling. Okay, I'm the this. I'm the DD of this um hangout. Got Thank it. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna do this so I know when to start. So for me, as I'm reading it, I'm realizing that you know a lot of the things that are being said here are are things that I have I've tried to really put a lot of thought into. There's been a lot of my time. I feel like I spent a lot of my youth really worrying about how I looked and how I was presenting to other people. Both as like the darkest person in my family, which is <laughs> saying a lot, <laughs> light-skinned, biracial girl. Um, but also the way that I like, I definitely measured my self-worth and the way that I love myself based on how other people appreciated and thought that I was beautiful and thought that I was very fit. And, you know, and I... um and I got really, I got really tired of that. I realized that I was doing that and I got tired of, of feeling that way of like relying on, I feel good about myself because someone's into me. Someone wants to have sex with me. Someone compliments me, you know, on X, Y, Z. Um, and I don't think I'm like super over that. I don't think that I, I have like disconnected like my complete, like my self worth as like just a person to like how pretty people think I am or how like, you know, acceptable my hair looks, you know, for like having textured hair. Um, and I think that that's something that I, I still, that I still need to work on. I have like made strides before. Uh, I have made strides with the way that I, I just kind of dress now or things that I do when I don't do things that I don't care about anymore. Things that I've just kind of like accepted about myself. And that has come with age but I also recognize that it's taken a lot of work um, just to just be cool and not just kind of like present this like, oh, I'm a cool girl. I don't really care if you don't like my hairy legs. It's like, no, I actually truly like internally don't care what you think of my hairy legs. You know what I mean? Like it's, I feel like there's a really big difference for me in that way. And I want to be able to get to the point where like, I feel like I'm almost there, but I want to fully believe that. I want to, I want to do that. I think that um, that's at least one of the areas where I feel like I can do better. I might not be coming up with all of them now, but uh, it's definitely one of the the things as, as all of my like traumas were <laughs> resurfaced as I'm reading. All of the traumas were resurfaced. Like um, uh, when I read Andrea's review of the book on, on her Instagram, I was like, when was the first time that you felt like you had been like shamed or whatever? Oh God, so many moments came to my mind. I had to try, like I sort through them and figure out exactly, you know, why, which one it was. And I think the earliest one was like my uncle who died, thank God. Um, and uh, he said, you're going to be flat as an ironing board when you grow up because at the age of 12, I still didn't have like, you know, breasts. And so he was like, what's wrong with you? Why don't you have, and, you know, a lot of the comments that other people have said to me have really stuck with me. And so I think that when people praise me, it's like, oh, see, that person thinks I'm good looking or whatever. And I think that I want to move past, I want to fully move past people accepting me as like someone who is good looking and they, they woke up a fuera. I, I really do try to embody that. But I know that there's a little part of me that, that really believes it when someone else says it. <laughs> So that's me. So I, I throw it to you guys. What are some of the things that you feel like you still need to work on on your uh, self-love journey, radical self-love journey, if, if we're that, at that stage right now? Um, I think I excel at applying all these principles to other people. And I have to work on applying every single thing in this book to myself. <laughs> that's it yeah I can say I can say nothing positive about my own um, radical self-love journey other than I 
am 100% able to apply it to everybody else. Oof. The wine is kicking in. Um, I'm going to try to say this in a way that I don't accidentally, like, trigger myself to just, like, sob on camera. Um, hey, safe space. What good, like, can... what good stuff did I take away from it? What do I still need to work on? Um... <clears throat> So I definitely put a lot of value and a lot of my own self-worth in how other people perceive me. That's it's been forever. That's just that's just how I roll. And I am aware of like things that I do that it's like, oh, thanks, Chris. <laughs> No, it's like, it's, I think the reason I get uncomfortable reading books like this is because I know that I like participate in behaviors that like aren't good for me in the long run, but it's one of the only things that I feel I'm able to kind of do. And then when I do it, I'll get like a positive result from people. And then that makes me feel good. So like... I've learned to be really happy and like acceptant of having my curly hair, my big curly hair for a long time there. I would straighten it and I would depend on having long straight hair as something that would get positive reactions from other people. Um, I play around with like makeup a lot because I like it. I enjoy playing with makeup. I, I like, you know, playing with my eyeshadows. I like playing with glitter and all that stuff, but it's like 70% I enjoy doing this for myself and like 30% I know I'm going to get a reaction out of people from it. And like, I, I, it's like, I have a lot of mortality shit that I need to work on that y'all both know. And so it's not even like I dislike signs of my body getting older it's that signs of my body getting older indicate that my body is mortal and i and i hate that i don't like that so i do look for gray hairs and i do put money into these creams and lotions and stuff because i'm trying to trick myself and trick other people into thinking that i'm just this like timeless vessel that is never going to die but that has more to do with my own fear of like mortality than it does of of the body itself going through like physical changes but at the same time like I definitely am super aware all the time of like my size and like what my body looks like and I compare myself to people all the time and I compare myself to people who I used to go to school with and I like if I'm having a shitty time you know, I, on the inside, I'll compare myself to people and be like, oh, well, I still look the same. So that means that I'm like doing a good job. And I know that's not true. And I know that that's a fucked up thing. And that's like me trying to hold on to strands of something to try to make myself feel better in that moment. And so like reading this book was hard because I know but I can't like stop thinking the way that I think right now. And so until I find ways to stop thinking the way that I think right now, I kind of can only exist in this space where I'm not hurting other people, but I'm probably hurting myself. And that's kind of what it is. And it's not like, obviously, I'm not actually causing myself physical harm, but I'm like, don't allow myself a lot of stuff because I'm trying to stay a specific way because that's what I think has the most value. And that's why it's, like, hard to read it in a book because I don't think I got as much out of it as I could have if I were having a conversation with somebody. So what I got from the book is that, obviously, we all have a lot of shit we need to work on. And, like, there's some things that I've stopped hating about myself. Like, I'm okay with my nose now. So that took, like, 30 years. But, you know, TBD for the rest of it. Thank you for sharing and thanks for being vulnerable with us. It's not easy. I think like one of the things that is like, 
it's valid that we're not all like in our, like everybody is in like a different stage of like their, you can't exist in self-hatred forever, I think. Or like you eventually realize it or you realize that you're like in the middle of it and you're, it just sucks. And sometimes like, especially now when things are, it's just like so bad, you know, like politically, this is pandemically, <laughs> climate logically it's like what is one fucking thing that i can have like that's just me that's just mine that i can enjoy that you know or that i can be at peace with and i think that that's just ourselves and i just we're just all like in different paths to to achieving that or at least i feel that i am on a path to achieving that i'm not there yet i'm not like i'm not signed to renee taylor you know doing the slam button poetry. I'm not there yet, but like my, that's my goal. My goal is to get there. Maybe not like slam poetry. I could never, but you know. I think my current goal, because I feel like I am so far <laughs> from where she wants me to be. I think my current goal aligns more with like body neutrality than it does with body positivity, which I get why she doesn't really go into in this book because her um, her whole thing is just so much like radical self-love. But I do think there's something to be said for the body neutrality movement as well. Um, and I think that everyone isn't positioned to necessarily embrace the radical self-love yet or maybe even ever and so um i like knowing that there's other avenues in which you can distance yourself from the body shame and distance yourself from like the negativity and get into like a healthier mindset that's not necessarily 100 percent like positivity and love mm -hmm. but just more like acceptance Things. Yeah. And, and I think one of the things that I like learned as I'm reading this, it's like one of the things that you just learn as you're, at least when I read books, like um, there's one that was referenced a lot in this book, um, like Fearing the Black Body, I think mm -hmm. that was called and another book, Hood Feminism that I read even a little, I have started Pleasure Activism, but I haven't finished it. It's just like, a, at least in in, in my case, First of all, like body neutrality is like a very valid, like does want desire stance. It, it's one mm -hmm. of those things where like, am I, if I'm not capable of this, like, and I, but I don't want to hate myself. Well, where can I, what can I get to a point where I'm at least comfortable, where I at least feel good. And I think that it's just kind of this radical, the radical notion is like, it encompasses all of these things that we have to just live with. Right. Um, the fact that it has to be intersectional, regardless if it's like, self-love or neutral it's got to be like because we all need to be free to be who we want to be and we can't do that because everything else is like oppressing us right so love yourself despite the oppression in order to change the oppression right become free so that you can set other people free um or yeah or exactly being free not necessarily loving but like freeing mm -hmm. yourself from like the confines that society has put on you not just as like a woman or a woman presenting but just as like a person who, who exists who like doesn't want to panic if they get sick and has to go to the hospital because you'd have to like pay so many you know what I mean like you know going going back to that so so thanks for bringing that up and 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 yeah it's just like I said we're all just like a, I guess in different not in different lanes but in different parts of our own journeys too just being okay, just feeling fucking okay and not just feeling like complete shit all the time. Like, <laughs> sucks. Um, one of the last things I guess I wanted to talk about is the the one that's in conclusion, right? Since we're talking about where we are on a journey, where we want to get to, you know? Um, and I got this from this Uplift, uh, upliftblack.org, this a book club um, page. Um I kind of like always like what questions am I asking what questions should I ask because I'm like oh, what did you think and I want it let's get deeper but someone probably already did that so I want some some inspiration but you know credit where it's due this is where I got this question I think that you know 
it's kind of related to what we're talking about. It might not be the easiest question to answer, but I, I guess we should we should try. So in conclusion, question says, Taylor states her idea of liberation, right? What is your own idea of liberation? If we were living free, what would the world look like? What does your personal liberation look like? And how is it inextricably linked to the liberation of others? I could, I could just say what I just said, which is like, I want to feel free so that I can help others feel free. Like I want to break out so that I can break other people out, have like that kind of change. Not just like, I want to talk to my sister about weight fluctuating and how she doesn't have to feel like freaked out about it. Like, you know, and we've had a lot of talks about it and I, my weight has fluctuated and like a hot, I am in a place where I'm like, okay, I don't care. Like, I also don't have like a fat body, a body that is not challenged, you know, the way that like fat bodies are challenged or whatever. But like, ultimately I just, I have just come to terms with like, okay, my body has changed. It will change in the future. And I'm not like, freaking out or trying to do things to make it look a certain way. I'm just, I just want to be, and I feel like I can say that to other people because I have like really internalized that and really thought about it. So what does my liberation look like? It's a, just me just being, not necessarily not caring, but having the tools to continue to help other people while also helping myself and having like the world be like a safe place for queer people, trans people to just ex non-binary androgynous, et cetera, to just exist without like oppression, without like hatred coming from other places, coming from ourselves. It's very utopic, right? Very, very utopic. Like, oh, well, I just have to love myself and then I have to teach someone else to love themselves and then we'll all love each other and I'll be like, bruhaha, fantastic. Like it's not, that might not be the world we end up with, but that's ultimately my goal because in my sphere of existence, that's kind of like what I'm trying to like foment. So <laughs> I felt like I spoke a lot, but, um, and it's okay if you, and it's okay if you don't have your answer, but if you have an inkling or an idea of what your liberation or whatever and how that affects others would be, then feel free to share while I munch on some chips and hummus. <laughs> So I think in terms of like other people, I guess my focus or my interest in it would be that like as an educator who works with young people and also as a future author writing books for young people, I think I would just always like to have the right tools at my disposal and like the right vocabulary at my disposal to kind of help the future generation <laughs> get to a better place <laughs> than the place that our generation um, is in, right? Because um, as we saw in this book, right, like um, all of these ideas and feelings and, and notions, um, they really, they start in childhood, right? Because we're hearing all the adults around us kind of impose certain things on us. Um, and so I guess I would like to do my part in not being one of those <laughs> adults um, to the children that I interact with daily as a teacher or or to the children reading my books. Um, so I guess that would be like a, a big goal um, and something that I'm like actively working on moving forward. For myself, it's like a lot harder because... <laughs> I don't know. I like I would like to just get to the point where I feel comfortable in my body. Like that's really my only aim. I definitely don't feel comfortable in it right now. Um, I'm not comfortable with its size, which like recently, like I know you talked about weight fluctuating, but mine has done a lot more than fluctuate. Um and and again, I I wouldn't even I would not be considered um, well, I don't know if I would be considered fat. I don't think I would. I guess it depends who you ask. I feel like once you're, I don't know. I don't know what size, you know, like as a society, we've determined like how big your belly has to be or like what size you have to be before you're like all of a sudden go from being like chunky to being fat. I don't know. Um, but anyway, 
Um, Maybe a free world is the a world where we don't think about that. Like exactly. there's no. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think like for me, like the comfort in my own body um, involves more than just my size. Um, and a lot of it has to do with like gender presentation kind of things. And so I, I think like my goal would really just be to feel comfortable um, when I look in a mirror or just like comfortable when I take my clothes off to take a shower. Um, so that would be my personal goal that I would like to say I'm working on, but I don't know that I'm actually doing anything to like work on it. <laughs> I think my, I, I think the other goal, the liberation for other people is something that I will be better at, <laughs> but um, yeah, we'll see. Um, <laughs> this is hard. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to come up with some complicated questions for my next, I know, right? next like, month's really? pick. I'm sorry. I, I knew it was gonna, I knew it was gonna be this too. Chris is like, yeah, we're reading this like sociological okay study on like, this is like super, super deep questions. And then you're gonna have all these like, deep questions on like disability hey 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 i'm gonna come in and i'm gonna be like would you fuck the horseman (laughs) (laughs) every i think that i don't know this is the kind of competition you when it's your pick you can yeah you can decide we'll, we'll what questions you want to representation. ask. We'll go into representation. We'll go into representation. It's yeah, fine. I just wanted to voice. I just wanted to voice that I knew. I knew at some point my eyes were going to get watery because this is like no one likes to talk about how much they dislike themselves. Um, I will say, though, I I like when we have these kinds of conversations with each other because I like that. Um, well, I mean, okay, obviously I've known both of you less time than you've known each other but i've still known you both a long time like over six years um but it's nice to still like continuously be learning new things about each other or to feel like my um image of you is like constantly being updated um i don't know it makes me feel like good because that's how like real friendships are right like you you're all evolving and you're all changing and you're all sharing with each other how you're evolving and changing. So it's just nice to have, like, even if they're a little sad and stuff, like it's still nice to have these conversations um, because they're definitely not conversations that I have with anybody else <laughs> other than the two of you. Yeah. Shaka doesn't talk to you about his, how society <laughs> makes him, the why his shoulders are so big. Oh, goodness. I thought that no, was no. Every night. Amazingly oh, not. We've, we've never had that conversation. Oh. Right. Okay. You but just, okay. Just wanted to say, do. I'm not trying to make them like super hard hitting questions that make you cry. I just, to speak to what Andrea is saying, like, I just, I guess I want to know how you feel about that because it's the things that I was thinking about when I was reading it. And I'm like, I okay, know, what? I know. <laughs> I'm just giving you shit. Yeah, I'm not trying to put you in an uncomfortable, like, I know that you know, but I feel like I just want to voice it. It doesn't have to be in the hand. For the audience. It doesn't have to try to trigger. <laughs> it, it isn't for the audience. It's for, I mean, Book Club is for us. Like, who is our audience? Like, the 12 regular people who watch it. Yeah, YouTube, I mean, like, the 200 ish people who kind of like log in and not even Ivan, which frankly, I'm about to call off the engagement if he doesn't start. No, it's fine. With our it's fine because often. we do, we do get more podcast listeners than like YouTube lists. That's fine. But what I'm, what I want to say, just like as a friend, as like an ally to Tashai, is like, I'm not trying to trigger you. I'm just, I just want to know about you. And sometimes I know it doesn't always have to be for book club, but it's a good like excuse to be like, Hey, like we never talk about this. Like, what is this? What is it like for you? You know, I mean, this definitely yeah. helps me understand a little bit better. Why Tashai didn't think book of two ways was the total shit storm. Like, <laughs> a little bit better. Your higher rating. Like, <laughs> terrified of dying. Okay. <laughs> This, this makes sense. This makes sense. Uh, okay, wait. What was the question? In my helping other people, um, what is it? Okay, the question. The question is. Uh, I know I deviated. I couldn't remember the wording exactly. What is your What is your own personal idea of liberation? If we, if we're leaving, 
Okay, I'm gonna do it again. Okay, um, liberation right? for yourself and liberation for other people. Yeah, what okay. is your own personal idea of liberation? If we are living free, what would the world look like? What does your personal liberation look like? And how inextricably, as it inextricably linked to the liberation of others? So what's your free look like? How does that affect other people's free? Does that mean it's a free world? I think I think I would like my free to be reflected and and expressed through like deeper conversations with others. And I've and I've been wanting to have like some sort of podcast or some sort of talk situation with people. Here's the thing. I I've been living in New York for like 10 years now and I've made amazing friends. All of the friends that I know are like uniquely fucked up in their own ways, but we're all just like trying to make it. We're all just pushing through the shit that is that is messed up to try to just make it to tomorrow, make it to what is like the closest we can get to our dream. And and everyone has like such a unique story. And I think that there's value in having those conversations because specifically there's such an idealized vision of living in this city and and being in this industry like i i i think i also got stung when i was reading the economy part of the book because i work in a field that is all about profit and it sells itself as being about people and i have to reconcile a lot <laughs> on a daily basis of like my survival depends on my ability to keep being able to work within this field and my hope is that someday I can extricate myself from this field so I think if we're talking about just like liberation as a whole I would like to not have to work within this field to be able to to live my life and I think part of that might be in hopefully at some point actually getting off my ass and and trying to have conversations and putting them out there and seeing if it helps other people um I would like to not feel the need to like own a scale. That would be good for a future me at some point. Um, because I, I depend on it a lot to like guide how I feel about myself on a regular basis. So not having to have one would be helpful. Um, not needing it to like confirm that I'm doing a good job of like being my best self. Um, and I guess just like not being terrified of like my body aging, if if that could be something that doesn't like paralyze me, that'd be great. <laughs> so yeah, helping other people talk about their own their own shit, and then those are those are the I guess pillars for myself. You just want to help people work their shit out, and then work your shit out alongside them. Yeah, just be like, what? You're amazing. Why would you depend on, like, these things to make you feel good about yourself? Dun, dun, dun! But isn't that what you do, Deshaun? <laughs> We're not here to talk about me! <laughs> Cut to a commercial break. <laughs> me undies for what you want to... Let me just say... Let me just say... Um... I don't want to. Like, I I don't want to say this because I know I'm gonna get choked up when I say it. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for it anyway. Um, yeah. I just I love you guys. I love you. I radically love the fuck out of both of you. Like so much. <laughs> like I love you so much, and I love. I love you guys completely. I like. You guys make me feel good. You challenge me. You. Make me feel good about me. You make me grow in ways that other people don't and I don't want to say like oh I hope you reread this book and that you can love yourself the way like I love you because I fucking love you body and soul the way that this book wants me to love me and love everybody else but that is that is the truth and I my only hope is that maybe not with this book and maybe with some time that we can all get to the point where we're really feeling good and that the way that you see yourself matches just how I see you, which is just like an amazing, wonderful person that makes me happy and horny for you and just <laughs> in love with you platonically and otherwise. Do you know what I mean? Just like, 
I love you guys. I love your minds. I love your bodies. And I love, I love you. And I just wanted you to know that it's so, it feels so good to be able to have someone to give all of that to and to feel like you get it back. And so here's hoping that we, we, we all get there in our own way. And if we don't get there, then we'll still be there for each other, I think. And so, yeah, that's what I wanted to say, as well as thank you for digging deep. <laughs> what else are you reading? <laughs> <laughs> I am reading um, this book. It's called Girly Drinks, A, Wo A World History of Women and Alcohol by Mallory O'Meara, nonfiction. And it is about the history of women drinking. Relevant to me? I don't know. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> what, else? what are you reading? <laughs> I'm I'm one story away from finishing Amor, actually. And then I just got A Court of Mist and Fury delivered. I have Joan Didion's A Year of Magical Thinking. And I did just finish reading The Kiss Quotient in three days. So... Oh my god! <laughs> I knew it. I knew she'd come back. I knew just because I got gold ones didn't mean that I would get it again. <laughs> you got too cocky. You got too cocky. No, I, put you in your place. <laughs> I started reading it to go to sleep. I'm like, because I mm -hmm. woke up to use the bathroom and then I couldn't fall asleep because I was thinking mm -hmm. about my mortality. And I was like, all right, let me read this book for a bit. <laughs> Yo, this is why I need to get back to therapy because I'll like wake up in the middle of the night and be like, what if I stop breathing? And then it's a whole thing. But so I started reading it and then I'm like, wow, this got sexy really fast. I didn't think that it was going to be this kind of book. And then the next day I didn't have anything to do at work. So I was like, I'll just read this book. And then it kept being sexy. And I'm like, well, I can't stop now. <laughs> I have it at the library waiting to pick up. I haven't, so even, I haven't even picked it up yet. And you already finished. I just got my copy. What about you, Dre? Guys, it's sexy. Well, okay, so I'm I'm reading. <laughs> it's okay. You're gonna you're gonna laugh at why I'm reading mine too. Okay. So I'm reading um, Mandibula by Monica Ojeda, and the only reason I'm reading it is because okay, so my book comes out in September, which means the cover isn't out yet which means that every single time that someone makes a fucking most anticipated Latinx books of 2022, I'm not on it because nobody's going to put a book that doesn't have a cover on a list, right? So I obsessively keep clicking on these lists, even though I know <laughs> that my book is not going to be on it because it doesn't have a cover. And so the latest list that I clicked on that had like 50 books on it, but not mine... <laughs> <laughs> had this book because the English translation is coming out this year, like next month. Um, and so while I was like angrily scrolling through the list because I knew I wasn't going to see <laughs> my own book on it, <laughs> I saw this book and I was like, oh, this is a really weird cover. And then I saw that it was a translation and I was like, oh, well, let me read it in Spanish. Um, because, you know, that's just always my preference if, if there is a Spanish version to read the Spanish. Um, and then I may end up regretting it because it's kind of like a horror, psychological thriller kind of thing. Like, I only I just started it. I don't know. It just fit my mood. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So... So that's it. That's our, that's our hangout. I feel... I feel like tired like I just did a workout like I feel after I you know how you feel after therapy where you're like <sighs> yeah I you know? had therapy right before this <laughs> thoughts and <laughs> prayers yeah you you had to move and so we had to change our date to be sooner oh, no, um, yeah. no. oh that's it yeah next time we have um our hangout it'll be different place a different space Ooh, it'll be in my new office yeah so that's it. That is our hangout, our discussion on uh, Sonia Renee Taylor's The Body is Not an Apology, by no means an extensive exploration of all the themes that were presented in this book. But all in all, I think we all got a little bit out of it, uh, something to look forward to, some things to reflect on, and, you know, ultimately just like the wish for a better world for ourselves and for other people and for just, just, just to feel good. 
If not, then just not bad. Um, I would absolutely recommend this book. Go ahead and pick it up. I will include the link to our bookshop <laughs> if you're interested. And in, um, I don't think, I don't know if we get like a huge kickback from that, but um, yeah, it'll be in the link. We will get together next month to read Tashai's pick and hear her hard hitting questions with a <laughs> mathematical, algorithmical, sexy, sexy kissing book, um, The Kiss Quotient by Helen Huang. So yeah, stick uh, stick around, uh, grab a copy, go ahead and read, and uh, we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Thank you for hanging out with us. You can support Only Lovers Book Club by dropping some change in our tip jar and buying some books with our bookshop link. You can find us on Instagram at Only Lovers Book Club, and from there, find our individual accounts and projects. Feel free to favorite or rate us if that's an option for you, but always make sure to like and subscribe and turn on your notifications so you never miss an episode.